Well, hey, Three Crosses family, Pastor AJ here. I oversee life groups and discipleship. Today, we have a very special episode on this Palm Sunday. We have brought in Pastor Ian Pitter to have a conversation about uh, this holy week. And so we're excited to jump into this conversation. And so let's get to it. So sitting across from me in the podcast studio this time, none other than Pastor Ian Pitter. Pastor Ian, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here, man. Excited to be here with you, man. Man, it was so exciting to to watch you preach after having seen you, you know, up there singing your heart out. Uh, man, <laughs> your your passion for music and your passion for the Lord is just so infectious. Um, I'm imagining that there's a lot of people out there listening to this podcast that uh, maybe haven't got the time to sit down with you uh, since you've joined us. And uh, maybe the only thing they know about you is that you're up there every Sunday now, uh, <laughs> you know, leading people in worship and now you're preaching. Um, so before we jump into any content, I just wanted to give you the mic to uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Um, maybe what is your story of leading up to becoming a worship creative arts pastor? And then finally, what led you to Three Crosses to this very moment? Um, yeah, thanks for having me again, man. So glad to be here, be able to join uh, you today. I know you do this weekly, so I'm grateful for the time and effort that you put into this um, to give our people, our church, some amazing content. So really grateful for that, bro. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I'm just grateful to be able to serve. I always tell people, you know what? I was, I'm a church guy, born and raised in church. Mm. Um, I always say, uh, I don't have the elaborate testimonies of some, sure, but uh, I certainly do have a testimony, man. And that testimony is that I'm certainly one of those who could say I was a sinner saved by grace. Mm-hmm. I'm just grateful, man. I'm just so grateful. Daily, I'm grateful um, that he chose me to choose him. Um, I uh, born and raised in London to Jamaican parents. I often tell people that because I just think it's fun, a fun fact. Um, I often felt like I was raised in Jamaica because our household was very Jamaican. Hmm. Food, um, the way that we talked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and everything to one another. It was cool, man. It was really nice. Uh, people say, oh, do you like fish and chips? I could take you to a fancy ch- fish and chip shop around here in the Bay Area. I'm like, no. But it's you, not the same, huh? Nah. I'm, and really, <laughs> I'm like, if you know a good Caribbean, I'm good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm more of that guy than like the fish and chips and tea type of British guy. Mm, okay. Um, so that's kind of why I say, yeah, I'm British Jamaican based on uh, just kind of my preferences. Not my wife now, Tracy, she's totally different. When we go back to London, she loves fish and chips, man, mm. and a good cup of tea. <laughs> Sounds like a good balance. <laughs> good balance, man, good balance. But yeah, man, like in ministry life, um, born and raised in the church, as I said, my mother was the choir director, my father an elder in the church that we were raised and born and raised in, practically lived in, it felt like, we're there so much. Um, I was the guy who followed my dad around a lot at church, um, doing different things. Um, from when he was a deacon to when he became an elder. Um, and so um, I'm very much like a, a church kid, per mm. se. My mom, uh, the story is told that when my mother was pregnant with me, um, she would often sing every day, just singing songs of worship, hymns, um, and rubbing her stomach as she would sing. Mm. And so 
they said that it was inevitable that I would come out of some kind of musicality, All right. <laughs> some kind of musical gift. Um, it was kind of almost prophetic, I think, uh, as she did that. And so, um, yeah, I'm grateful for my parents, the influence they had on me in their life and in ministry. Yeah, man, it's mm-hmm. been awesome and awesome. We, uh, we served at a church in um, the UK. It was a denomination we served there. Um, I served in the music ministry for the National Conference of the Church. And um, uh, and then, you know, we kind of felt a call to go uh, full-time and actually even leave the country, which was mm. interesting. Mm. And so we ended up um, serving for seven and a half years in Colorado. Okay. Awesome church in Colorado. Uh, kind of a similar role, creative arts pastor um, called Colorado Community Church. Really, really cool church. Uh, and uh, yeah, served there for seven and a half years and then felt called out. And mm. and uh, that was uh, an interesting call, um, somewhat of an uncomfortable one even at times mm-hmm. in the moment because um, we were comfortable there. We kind of found our feet there. Tracy had found her community there. Right. Everything was, kids were settled. And uh, yeah, to be called out was interesting. But yeah, we felt called and we... Ended up coming out to the Bay Area in 2018. Wow. Yeah. What a, what a time to come to the Bay Area. Huh? Yeah, it was late late 2018 too. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting to the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> late 2018, come to the Bay Area. And uh, it was interesting, man, because we get there and um, it was just a different, a whole different culture, um, whole different culture, like not just in the community, but also the church. It was just different. So... There's a lots of adjustments to be had there. And then, um, yeah, we spent three plus years there. Obviously, a couple of those years were during oh, the, man. yeah. do we say that word here? The P P-word. word? The P word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a season that what was. A season, what a season, man. I was just Especially for the church. And, oh, wow. Yeah. It was really challenging, really cha- in many different ways. It's so, it's so interesting. It's so many different ways that that season was challenging. But yeah, we get to the end of that season, kind of. And uh, yeah, I, I get put in contact with uh, Dr. Daniel Strange. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm familiar with him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've, we had conversations over a number of months. I came and visited and everything over a number of months, actually. And um, it was probably maybe nine months later or so hmm. that, um, yeah, I came on the team here. And uh, it's been cool, man. It's been good. It's been great. So this Sunday marked my one year anniversary. Awesome. Yeah. One year of serving at Three Crosses and it's been amazing. That's amazing. It's been a great ride. We're glad to have you, first of all. Great to uh, be here. You know, I know all of our listeners are very thankful for what (laughs) you brought to the table here at Three Crosses. Um, Man, even preaching is part of one of them. (laughs) And that's why you're here today is to talk about Matthew 21 21. on uh, right after Palm Sunday. Uh, So what I wanted to do was read Matthew 21 verses Mm -hmm. 1 to 7 and then ask you a couple questions. So Matthew 21 reads, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, 
gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. So obviously there's a lot of tradition with Palm Sunday. And as you grew up in the church, you probably Mm -hmm. knew the familiarity with what Palm Sunday was all about. But man, at face value, you take this passage and it's kind of difficult to see how they saw the actions happening and then made the connection that this was an entrance for a king. Mm. And it's kind of hard. And so what we know as people who are Bible nerds and, you know, as... (laughs) hopefully a lot of the listeners know, we know that Matthew is so creative and innovative in the way he um, takes some of the Old Testament prophecies and then weaves them into his narrative about Jesus to show what kind of fulfillments are happening. And he paints this beautiful picture that when you meditate on it for a little bit, uh, it just, it just shouts something beautiful. Mm. And so I'm going to tap into your creative arts ability here. (laughs) Um, Help us, Paint the correct picture that Matthew wants to go for here as we read the beginning passages of Matthew 21, 1 to 7. I think we see a few things here. We see um, we see Jesus himself, and I always look at that perspective of Jesus himself coming in, um, and we talked about some of this, but him coming in and not really looking like a king would look in those mm. days. Mm-hmm. Um a king typically would come in on a charger, on a stallion, or even a chariot in those days. Jesus comes in on a colt. And bear in mind, not just, not a donkey, by the way, not like an adult donkey, a colt, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is a young donkey. Mm. Um, and I wonder, I always wonder, man, and I, I don't mean this to be funny or anything, but I, I do wonder, like, some of those images that we see uh, in those photos uh, for Palm Sunday, right. even correct. Because he looks like he's on an adult donkey. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you got to hold up the man, right? Yeah, I mean, if Zechariah 9-9 is, is, is being fulfilled, he's on a foal. He's on a young donkey. Mm. And so uh, when he comes in, I suppose the question I ask with my creative mind, is Jesus' feet dragging on the floor as he's on this donkey? Huh. Does he look just like, really big on this small donkey mm-hmm. i've i've been on donkeys before my granddad in jamaica uh had donkeys and i remember riding donkey and uh so i know how big they are or at least the adult ones and so as i look at think about this whole foal thing uh and 39 centimeter high foal and jesus is supposed to be the king previous to this remember he's always told people, hey man, hold it down. I don't want to be revealed as the Messiah. I don't want to mm-hmm. be revealed as a king. I don't want to be revealed as a savior. And now this is his moment to make this amazing entry into the city. Um, and he comes in on a foul. <laughs> so for me, I think number one for me would be um, possibly the people who are met with some, some level of miss, um Misexpectation would be the word. Hmm. Yeah, they uh, they expected one person and they saw another person. Hmm. And uh, so it's fun here. So when I look at the text, I, I'm kind of trying to look from different perspectives. I find that when I read the Bible, if I can see different perspectives, uh, I feel like I get revelation from that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so look at the perspective of Jesus, the disciples, the perspective of the people that were with him as because he came in with a crowd. Uh, there was a crowd there awaiting in the city. What's their perspective on it? And then also there's a crowd coming in from the other end of the city who are possibly wondering what is all this commotion going on? What is all this about? I think Luke talks about that. I always imagine um, the crowds nudging each other, the crowd, like a lady saying to another lady, hey, did you hear about Lazarus? Did you hear about Lazarus? Lazarus, the one who was raised from the dead. He was dead for three days. He must have been like stinking. Jesus said, Lazarus, <laughs> come forth. And Lazarus comes out of the grave in his grave clothes. Did you hear about blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus. Oh, that guy that used to hang on the corner. He's no longer blind Bartimaeus. He's now just Bartimaeus because Jesus in an instant healed him and he saw just like those kind of rumblings in the city as people would possibly have been wondering what is happening and who is that guy is that really the guy because I see this guy coming in is he the guy they're talking about because remember he's been incognito Mm -hmm. kind of incognito and uh yeah so people are just rumbling you hear about this guy you hear about that guy and then I always imagine like Maybe some kids saying, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the crowd's like, what, what? He's like, there he is, look, he's coming in. That's him. He's on a donkey, though. A donkey? What? And uh, I'm totally rambling and just kind of making this up. As you ask me this question, this is the what comes to mind. I'm just trying to, this is the picture that comes to mind in the mind of a creative. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's totally different than mine, for sure. <laughs> Which is great because I think that's why the body of Christ works. Yeah. Everybody kind of has true. these different true. perspectives. And man, to be in a place where there's a lot of rumbling around and like, yeah, I could totally relate with that. Mm. And just like, we're all trying to make assumptions, trying to figure out what's going on. And he changes everything, you oh know? And here he comes riding on something that can barely keep you up mm. and like you're dragging your feet or whatever oh my, you're, gosh. <laughs> my gosh so i do have a question about the uh the cult the full you know because um, this is uh the podcast and i've been notorious to come up with these skeptic questions and <laughs> cool. ian today i might have the hardest hitting skeptic question we've ever had ooh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and that is this are we talking about one or two cults <laughs> One or two cults, because in the passage, it reads, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks Mm. on them for Jesus to sit on. Uh, I always thought it was one, you know, the speaking of images that get branded into your mind, you think of all the movies that have Mm. Jesus on this adult size colt riding in and, uh, Man, it looks like Matthew is uh, trying to hint at there might be multiple cults. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's interesting because I think he's the only gospel writer that records this from right. from memory. Um, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, I do find it interesting. I do. I think again, there's it, there's a symbolism there. There's two. If there is two donkeys, there's two donkeys that come that they that is presented to Jesus. They're presented. They put clothes and stuff on both of them the yeah. text says mm-hmm. and jesus gets on the small one he gets on mm-hmm. the lowly one mm-hmm. i think there's like some like fulfillment fulfillment in prophecy there zechariah 9 and 9 again because 9 and 9 does talk about the king coming lowly mm-hmm. on a foul 
uh, in humility, humbly on a foul. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's also like a, a philosophical piece that says a young donkey is much calmer hmm. when he's with his mother. Mm-hmm. So he's not out of control. He's just cool. He can be tamed. And my, I don't know, from a practical perspective, if there was two, maybe the mother was just there to help keep the other one cool and calm. And when Jesus got on the baby donkey, baby donkeys would not have been used to being mounted. Mm-hmm. They're young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that was all part of it. Maybe Matthew was like, no, 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 don't forget this part, Luke and John and Mark. Uh, there was actually two of them. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> <laughs> right. The mother donkey was keeping the baby donkey calm. Mm. I don't know. That's like a, a, a philosophical piece that, and a practical piece that I kind of thought, oh, that does kind of make sense as I look to at how donkeys work. Right. <laughs> the function of donkeys in work in a family. I can imagine people outside of the church saying, you know, if they can't even get the number of donkeys right in this scene, like how should we take the Bible seriously? You know, if Matthew and Mark differ on the amount of donkeys, like uh, what do you, what would you say to that person that says something, you know, like to that effect? I mean, there are a number of things throughout scripture, particularly as you look at the synoptic gospels where they're like slight tweaks. So uh, Mark, obviously he's the first one to record this stuff. He's the earliest writers of the, the gospels. Um, and, there are different things, of course, but I think it's, uh, if you think about just as we function as humans, mm-hmm. sometimes you're writing things down and the story, it's the same story. But you might say, oh, my friend just bought a nice car and he put 22 inch rims on it. And actually they're 21 rims, one inch rims on it. Um, but does that really matter? I think the main part of the story is like he bought a car, right? That's what you want to know. So I think the meat and essence of what each gospel writer is trying to say, it all lines up. The essence of each of their uh, accounts all line up. Isn't it Mark that wrote there was 4,000? I think People so. The, yeah. yeah. Mark wrote there was 4,000. Everyone else write 5,000. He fed mm. 5,000. So. Yeah, and I was reading the commentaries a little bit on this uh, and it seems like there are arguments to be made that they do align. It's just like you're saying, like Matthew is very interested in tying this to the Zechariah nine, nine right. quote. And in that quote, there's a lot of tradition that would see two donkeys in that. And so, um, yeah, just like humans, like if I'm telling you a story, like I might weave it a little bit different to mm. include, you know, my experiences in, with England or whatever. Right. Because right. I'm talking to you. Exactly. If I'm talking to Danny, I might add some other things because yeah. I'm talking to Danny. So I like that because you have, you have, uh, you have a tax collector, you have a physician, mm-hmm. you know, these people are coming from different perspectives as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. so you, you feel that in their accounts. Yeah. Just like you added a new perspective to uh, the whole scene <laughs> at the very beginning of this episode. Yeah, so just fun. Let's move on. Uh, Going to the next two verses, verses eight and nine. Let me read it for you guys who are driving in your cars out there. Listen to us laugh. Um, (laughs) A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hmm. 
And so here we have uh, the imagery that you brought up in your, you know, Sunday service, the, uh, the palm branches, right? Mm. The, the classic palm Sunday imagery. And, um, you know, I was looking at these verses and I'm looking at these people saying, you know, if I were to take the Old Testament prophecies about this new Israel being formed, man, I probably would be doing the same thing. And yet I, I sometimes think we look at these people and like have this derogatory feeling toward them of like, oh man, they're missing the mark. Cause like we know what's going to happen a week later or whatnot. Um, so I'm wondering like, what do you make of the crowd's response here in this situation that, um, informs our idea of what Palm Sunday is all about? Were they getting it right? Were they missing the mark? <laughs> like what's, what, what's going on in your mind? It could be all of the above, you know, I think it right. possibly is all of the above. Um, uh, again, perspectives. So I'll always look at perspectives. So uh, you see people who are with Jesus, the close uh, inner circle who are with Jesus, they have experienced him. Then you see there's some people who have seen some stuff. And then you see some people, um, the other side of the city, who have maybe heard of some stuff. And I think their perspectives are just hugely different. So... Uh, even the response is different, possibly, because Luke says, again, um, some people are like, well, why are you shouting? What's all this noise about? What's the commotion about? What's happening around here? And uh, so I think the response could even have been more intense from each segment uh, of those people that I was talking about. So the experience, the scene, and just maybe the people that just merely heard about Jesus and his experience. And so um, I, I do know based on what we read in all four gospels, that it was certainly a stirring in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was chaotic. There was a commotion. Um, I, I like to liken it to possibly, and it's not quite the right illustration, but possibly like uh, if, if, if your team wins the world series, if your team wins the Super Bowl, it's okay. You can say world cup. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to. I really wanted to say that. I actually wanted to say the Premier League, but you know, Premier League, okay, we'll go. We can go there. Yeah, if we're following. We're following. <laughs> if your team wins, um, the chaos. I mean, I've been in stadiums. Uh, you know, you've thrown it out there. I'm a. I'm a big football fan. What you call here in America, soccer. But I'm a big football fan. You know that game you play with your feet, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I've been in stadiums, like 60, 70,000 people in stadiums when we just score a goal and the, just the whole place erupts. And uh, as you look at this picture, that kind of it reminds me of those scenarios. Hmm. Um, but I think it was even more intense because scholars actually say there was possibly like 2 million plus people mm. in the city wow. at that time. Wow. So I'm talking about some chaos, some like chaotic celebratory moment with 80,000 people. But really, I think this is like a few million people. And they were there gathering for... Gathering for the Passover. So he comes to the city for Passover. So that's that's like everyone coming now. If you're a devout Jew, you're coming for Passover, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is why Jesus came back from being secluded into the city Mm -hmm. for Passover. Mm -hmm. And so... This at this point, this is like this isn't just like chaos. This is like chaos. This is chaos, chaos. 
we do something around here where we're trying to create some kind of vibe in the in the lobby and in the foyer areas and on the bricks here at the church, uh, and we call it holy chaos. Oh, like, let's create some holy chaos. I love it. So there's a vibe. This was like kind of that on steroids, absolutely. And so it's exciting, and you can hear the excitement in my voice as I kind of even like get the images in my mind. People being excited because they are seeing in their mind the king that is going to come into the city and make everything okay for them. Mm. Stay under the rule of quite intense rulers. They're under their thumb. And in their mind, they're like, no, 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 no. he's going to come and make it right. Mm. But he had a bigger agenda. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the temporal like kingdom that they thought in their city, in their town. He had a much bigger agenda, as we all know, and that was the kingdom of God that would ultimately change our eternity. Hmm. It's a beautiful image uh, because the next, the final verses in 10 and 11 talk about uh, Jesus entering the city and people starting to ask about his identity. So it says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And I think going to your imagery, like I, I'm starting to feel like, man, there is a whole commotion going on. And, you know, half of the crowd trying to figure out what's going on. Half the crowd saying, this is the king that's going to bring us out of the oppressive thumb of the Romans. I used to read this. And again, like saying, oh, they're missing the point. Like they're only seeing him as a prophet. They're only seeing him like in his worldly you know, form a, a person from Nazareth in Galilee. And I'm like, no, like as a Christian, I'm saying Jesus is so much more like you guys are still missing it sort of thing. <laughs> but like, again, it's going back to those images that you're painting for us. Like mm. just imagine yourself in that situation and you know, the hope that the, the blessed hope of this person who is claiming mm. to be the Messiah to, to, come and restore Israel after all of those years of, of waiting for the son of David. And um, yeah, I just find it interesting that, you know, a couple things. One, Matthew doesn't really delineate between crowds here. He's saying like, yeah, the crowds are all just all doing this. It's yeah. all the crowds. It's all the yeah. crowds. There's not like sections of the crowd. It's just the crowd. And then, um, yeah, they're making like an accurate statement here. Like yeah. this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And so I'm wondering, what does that look like? for us, you know, in our day and age, like if there was a crowd and like, you know, here we have this message of the gospel. We have, you know, we're the church making claims about Jesus. Um, I wonder what you think, like the crowds around us are saying about Jesus. Like what's the murmur going on? Like according to your, you know, you've seen England, you've seen Colorado, you've seen the Bay area now for a couple of times. Like what is that conversation going on? If you were to like, categorize our East Bay area as crowds? I think the shout is similar. Mm. I think the cry is very similar. I think uh, Hosanna means save us now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, whether you know it or not, that's your cry. Um, We're all made in the image of God, whether people realize it or not. I know there's this big debate about that right now. Um, about who you are and your identity and you want to be known as this and recognized as that. But I think um, according to what we believe, it all boils back down to 
you are the Imago Dei. Mm-hmm. And um, because you are the Imago Dei, you are God breathed. He breathed life into the into the uh, nostrils of man. And that's what we read in Genesis. And man became a living nepesh, a living soul. That's why some, there's that, that whole debate and you'll probably be a part of this because you're a Bible geek too. Um, are we uh, soul and body or are we uh, spirit, soul and body? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Because the nepesh piece is plural. It's not yep. singular. So I'm going around in circles. But what I really want to say is I feel like uh, everybody has that inner vacuum that Billy Graham always talked about um, that needs to be filled. And I feel like whether they recognize it or not, they're trying to fill it with one thing or the other, but whether, whether people recognize it or not, deep down, the cry is Hosanna. Mm. Please save now. One interpretation says, Hosanna, save us now. Mm-hmm. That's our cry. Mm. You can imagine all those identities that we talked about in our mm. uh, sacred selfie series of people shouting Hosanna my blank identity like save me now like bring me that fulfillment that i'm looking for um and here they're saying hosanna to the son of david mm. blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest heaven and so it, i know pastor danny kept saying this phrase of like we are dead and our lives are hidden on high in heaven and so like hosanna in that identity so man that is huge all these different perspectives are yeah. unlocking so much for me. So and, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sitting down and, you know, this is I, great. Cause I, 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 you know, a lot of this, I didn't unpack in the message. This there is, we go. This is great. <laughs> to kind of, this is all right. This is wonderful. Final two questions for you. Um, I don't know if you remember this week, but I said something really ignorant to you. I uh, came up to you and I talked to you and I said, what's it been like four months now? (laughs) And it felt like you were only here for four months. And here you are telling us that this is your one year anniversary. So congratulations on, you know, sticking with us. And uh, time flies when you're having fun, man. man, I tell you, (laughs) you have a lot of fun here. Um, Having said that, I'm wondering if you could just, you know, I think fresh perspectives are always great. And so, like, I'm wondering if you could just give our listeners what your perspective is of where we're at in Three Crosses, whether it's, you know, worship, whether it's I know you're in control of the Sunday team, you know, you have your hand in communications, all these different things. Um, What's your perspective on where we're at and like, what are you most excited about uh, of where we're headed um, at Three Crosses? It's interesting as you as you look back and see how much things have changed over the year. I think when you're in it, you can sometimes feel like, oh man, I've been here for like X amount of months, now a year, and uh, not much has happened, not much has changed. But when you really stop and look back and you you can say, okay, actually, there has been certainly some progression towards where we want to be, for sure. And so I'm grateful for that. That is absolutely awesome. Um, uh, Actually, when I arrived, we were still recovering from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I would stand on the platform, I'd look out and you know, in our auditorium, we have like in the worship center, the seats are teal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. They are bright teal. So even when the lights are down, you can still see you can those see seats. The teal, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd stand there and uh, I'd look around and I'm like, man, there was, I'm seeing a lot of teal. Mm. There isn't, there aren't really any bodies on seats. And so, um, 
it's been interesting these last few Sundays we've looked out from the platform and looked around and the place is really full it's mm. really it's packed people have come back again up mm. on the campus which we've been praying for we're like come man come and be a part of the body and it's been awesome because we've seen people that have you know have been cautious COVID conscious mm -hmm. that haven't come back and they've stayed online um, that's starting to come back which is wonderful um, and then we've just seen the spirit just draw people up here for the first time they've come by and driven by the crosses for years never known what was up here and come up for the first time and um, the spirit of the Lord working in their lives and their lives being transformed and that's been amazing because we've had like four or five baptisms, 20 plus each time. Mm -hmm. It's been great. Um, and next week we will be having a baptism. Plug, plug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> April 16th, right? April 16th, April 16th. We'll be having a baptism again. So uh, uh, we're looking forward to that. And if you're listening and you're not baptized and you're placed your trust in Jesus, come and talk to one of us. We'd mm -hmm. love to connect with you on that front. But yeah, excited about what the Lord is is doing, what he's done. And really what he's going to do. I think when you see where you've come from and you really see progression and you see kind of like, oh man, over this past 12 months, we've seen a 50% increase in attendance. You probably have some amazing statistics in discipleship, how people are getting plugged into discipleship. Um, it's just been really amazing just to see that. So I'm grateful to God for what he's doing on that side of things. And so it's then it excites us to what he's going to do in the future mm -hmm. and what this really is going to look like. Do we have to end up having like three or four services on a Sunday because the Lord is just bringing all these people here mm -hmm. um, to this spiritual hospital, hospital for healing mm -hmm. and restoration? I don't know. I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and the shout of our crowd at the East Bay is save us now, Hosanna. Mm. I am just so excited to see the gospel move in the East Bay and, and oh, uh, see people come to that salvation only found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, man, this week has been described as the Super Bowl of church <laughs> <laughs> by some of our pastors on staff. I won't name any names, but this is a big week, Holy yeah. Week. And so, Ian, I know you have a large part in this production of this week. And so, hey, you've gotten me excited about Palm Sunday, creating this uh, these new images in my mind that are uh, making me rethink a lot of things. And so I'm wondering if you could get our listeners excited about what's to come uh, for Good Friday mm. and for Easter. And we already mentioned baptism, so that's April 16th, the week after yeah. Easter. And so, uh, yeah, Pastor Ian. I'm going to give you the mic. Get people, <laughs> get people excited about Holy Week here. So yesterday we were excited. We had a great time. We celebrated uh, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven, Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. Um, later on in the week now, on Friday, we'll, we'll gather again as a large group. And uh, it'll be an evening of remembrance. Good Friday. An evening of remembrance that hones into uh, what we believe to be the beginning of the most momentous weekend in the history of the body of Christ. And that is Good Friday. We remember that on this day, Jesus willingly suffered and died and was crucified and, uh, and was ultimately made the ultimate sacrifice for us and our sins. And so um, it's going to be a PG event. 
yeah. I wouldn't carry young kids because it really is, it's like a dark service. Right. It really does just give us just a moment to just stop for a moment. We know Sunday's coming, but before we can shout and celebrate and say he is risen, we have to be able to recognize Christ crucified. And mm-hmm. so that's really what we want to take a moment to do that. We're going to be singing songs of remembrance. Mm-hmm. songs that remind us of his sacrifice. We'll go through the Gospels and read key text, starting from the betrayal of Jesus right up into his crucifixion. And uh, it's going to be a really intense service. Bring your Kleenex. There'll be tears. Um, but it's going to be amazing. This is easily my favorite service of the year. Hmm. I know. I'm the joy yeah. guy. I'm the joy guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm the celebratory guy. Uh, but it's it's so I find it so good for my soul just to stop for a moment because I'm all excited for Sunday. I want to get there so quickly um, and celebrate the risen Savior. But we often just like coast through the Friday, right? And I think uh, we're just trying to say, okay, let's stop and pause for a minute intentionally um, and remember. Mm. Yeah. And then on Sunday, it's going to be better than any Premier League game, any <laughs> any World Cup, any Super Bowl that ever was imagined. Yeah. Uh, so Friday, we're like, okay, we're remembering, we are mourning. Sunday, we are celebrating. Oh, man. I've asked the, the team, hey, man, nobody come in no Easter high heels and none of that. Nobody come in your dress shoes. Come in your tennis shoes, your sneakers. <laughs> we are going to celebrate our risen Savior. Right so on. it's going to be Awesome, man. We've got a great service planned for both Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So you're not going to want to miss it. Good Friday is when? What time? Good Friday will be 7 p.m. in the worship center. Easter Sunday will be awesome because we have a sunrise service that's going to actually happen at the crosses, yep. which is great. We get to see the sun come up 6 a.m. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Here we go, 6 a.m. Bring your gloves. Bring your bring your, your, your hoodies. Um, but it's going to be an awesome service. We had an amazing time out there last year. And then 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. inside in the warm um, in the worship center. Awesome. Well, Pastor Ian, as I said at the beginning, your joy is infectious. This is by far one of my favorite podcast episodes <laughs> so far. So thank you for sitting down. Oh, uh, great job on Sunday and looking forward to Holy Week oh. celebrating with you and the rest of the team and the rest great. of the congregation. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you.